Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another edition of Your Financial Mission. Walter Storholt here with you alongside Janine Theus. Hey Janine, what's going on this week? Hey Walter, it's been a great week this past week. Uh, we went to Montana for a family reunion. Ooh, so how was that? It was gorgeous. What gorgeous land. And had a lot of fun with uh, my brothers and their wives and, and my uncle and aunt. And it was just a great vacation. Where particular, like a, a national park or like a rental house somewhere? Where in Montana? Oh, well, he owns a, I was joking with my husband, I think, or my one of my brothers. I was like, I think I came back to, you know, upper poverty slum. I'm slumming now back to my house. <laughs> he, has, he has this spectacular, in every sense of the word, house in Helena. Montana, and okay. um, he built it close to a creek, a pretty active big creek. And when you go up on the, I took a picture of it, and it, it's just stunning. The whole inside is stunning, and we had a blast, ooing and awing, and <laughs> making them laugh. But and then we stayed in a cabin down the road. Her, my aunt's brother, owns a cabin on a, I don't know, probably sixty-five acres or something. It's a pretty good area, and then has horses and all that. And it was just a blast. And of course, it was gorgeous weather. That is really cool. So. Uh, Montana's on the bucket list. I mean, just seeing all of that great stuff out there from you know Yellowstone National Park. I know that's a little bit more you know Wyoming territory there, but just so many different places to explore and see up there that you know don't normally get talked about. You know, hey, let's oh, go yeah, on a vacation we'll, in Montana, but it's yeah, got amazing well, you part of the fly into Bozeman and right. fly into Bozeman, drive down to Gardner. That's the north entrance to the park, and it is spectacular. Oh. It's just majestic. <laughs> I uh, definitely need to go see it. I'm actually, you know, my wife Connie, she's graduating from University of Cincinnati. Finally, Janine, we are at the end of her <laughs> schooling journey. She will be a nurse practitioner. Anybody you know, out there need a nurse practitioner, let us know. Connie's a great employee. <laughs> That's um, fantastic. That's a tough program. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Very proud of her. And so I'm trying to think of a graduation gift to get her because she's worked so hard at this. I really want to hook her up with something. And I've been thinking, we're a big trip people. Like I'd rather a trip and, and go do something than any gift. And I think she's yeah. kind of in that same realm. I'm thinking of a Yellowstone trip as the graduation trip. So, uh, Well, if you want to see animals, if you want to see the animals, you need to go probably in early May. Okay. Because that's when they're really out. My daughter, older daughter, went for a wildlife art it's kind of a seminar or conference, and they saw a ton of animals, bears with their cubs, bison, elk. I don't remember if they saw wolves, but they saw a lot of animals. We didn't really see any because during tourista season in July and August, the animals know where to hide. <laughs> so <laughs> they weren't really around. But it's just spectacular weather. That's cool. Um, in early May, it's going to be cold and still some snow on the ground. But 
Well, it was just beautiful. It'll, it'll be 37 years before we're, uh, you know, out of debt from, you know, graduate school. So we'll wait until uh, that ends and then we'll go to Yellowstone. So I'm just going to give her the gift at the graduation. Be like, you know, and we're going to have to wait, you know, 15 years to, before we can afford to go do this. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> now it's uh, I, it, that might be a good place to go. But I'll keep that in mind. Good suggestion for May being a good time of year to head up yeah. that direction. That's Maybe, cool. you know, like early May or even after everybody's back in school. Because everybody brings their kids during the summer. So if you come after Labor Day in like mid-September. Before it gets too wintry and too chilly, right? Yeah, because I mean, it can snow in September. It can snow in May, but it's... Right. But it is gorgeous. You can still navigate a little bit during those times. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. I'm glad you had a great trip, and thanks for telling us about it. We've got a great podcast on the way today. If you are uh, a regular listener to the show, welcome back. Great to have you. We're going to be talking about financial security on today's show and what does it mean to you. But if you're new to the podcast, let me tell you a little bit about Janine, and then we'll get started. She, of course, is what we like to call the financial commander here on the show, helping guide us through the ins and outs of learning about the financial world each and every program. She's based out of Columbia, Howard County area, and has an office there if you want to come in and meet and have a conversation about what's going on in your financial life. And she brings not only the financial experience, but 21 years as a naval intelligence officer, uh, that experience to the table as well. And we always love seeing that crossover of fun between the naval intelligence and how it plays into some of the financial strategies that you develop for folks, Janine, and always enjoy these conversations with you. And today's topic, I guess, Janine, I didn't even think about the connection, is right up your alley. We're talking about security. That's kind of <laughs> right up your, yeah, your ballpark. Yeah, because everything is connected. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, financial security will be our main thrust today. It might mean different things to different people, but for nearly everybody, making sure that they achieve whatever that definition of security is to them becomes the most important part, really, of a retirement plan. And so how do you find financial security? Keep that in the back of your mind as you listen to today's podcast. And on today's show, we're going to cover some of the popular responses that we get from people when they come in to meet with you, Janine, some of the things that they say. And I'm curious, if you hear people say these things, what does that tell you about them? How does that impact the planning process? We'll use this as an example. Somebody comes in and says to you, you know, you, you kind of hear this comment slip out. I don't want to be a burden on my kids, regardless of my health situation. What do you key in on when you hear something like that? Well, most people will. I have a lot of people say that. I don't want to be a burden on my kids. Because everyone's living so much longer. And now we're, if you're this in the sandwich generation, you have elderly parents and kids out of college or young adults. And so you're trying to juggle all of those balls. And it's really tough when you've got parents who are not located in the same state, city, whatever that you are because now you've got to outsource care. And so there is a drain on energy more often than anything, energy and effort on people to take care of elderly parents, especially if they've got dementia issues or Alzheimer's or some specific health situation. So they look at that and say, oh my gosh, it's draining me. I don't want to do that to my kids. Well, maybe, I, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about that because it's a tough way to look at it. You know, I realize our elderly parents can be real pains sometimes. <laughs> I love mine, but they make me crazy. Some we, we've developed into kind of a funky 24-hour rule with my folks. They started it, is what I'm saying, where mm -hmm. they'd, they'd come visit, but they'd like, you know, we'd hit 24 hours. And if they weren't leaving, dad would start to get really irritable. 
and it was like you know always right at the 24 hour mark and so we it kind of became this funny joke but now we've started to pay them back so in the last couple times that we've gone to visit them we've been very adherent to the 24 hour mark so (laughs) (laughs) that's not a bad that's not a bad policy really keeps everybody Um, sane right (laughs) exactly you know and i do think people are afraid of yeah, financial drain, energy drain, and having their kids take care of them. So what I do is have a conversation about, well, what does that look like? What is this financial burden, or is it a financial burden that you don't want your kids to have? And if that's the case, then you really do have to look at how your assets are aligned, how your estate is aligned, what do you want to have happen if the worst case scenario happens? You have to talk that through because most people kind of put it over here on the shelf. They don't want to actually address it because it's difficult. It's difficult to visualize. It's difficult to really sit down, okay, if I'm in the corner drooling, what do I want to have happen? I have a lot of people that will say, you know, oh, just put me down. (laughs) I'm gonna go walk in the woods. And I said, yeah, but when you get there, it's a different story. So, you know, I really do encourage people to talk with their kids about what it could potentially look like when you do get to that situation where you're maybe not, maybe you're not a burden, but you do want some care from the people you love and who love you versus outsourcing it to people who don't really know you or really care. They're just getting paid 15, 20 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. We're saying this in our family, you know, without naming names. Although I, I think everybody's okay with me talking about these things, so it's, it's all right. <laughs> I, I might get in trouble. We'll see. But you know, we've got some family members who are having—they're getting ready for this part. They're at the tail end of retirement, right? So they're getting ready for you know the, their end of life stage. You know, everybody's still happy, happy-go-lucky, but we can start to see the signs that that day at some point is going to come. It, it's feeling nearer than it has in the most recent years. And so they're starting to put in place plans to make sure that their wishes are carried out. And even though our family is one that's built on trust and I think everybody respects each other, there's still this fear and this worry that things won't get addressed properly or wishes might not get followed. And so everybody's trying to cross the T's, dot the I's. And it's a stressful thing because the kids in the situation are kind of frustrated and they're like, we're going to take care of you. It's going to be fine. And the parents are like, we know, but we still want to do it this way. And you know, it's a really tough conversation to have, even among families that normally are great communicators and always get along and look out for each other. So then if you do have some, you know, I don't know what to call it, gaps in the family or right, you know, right. so, so other breakdowns, it just compounds those factors. Well, and, you know, as your parents go through different health issues or even some psychological issues that are related to declining abilities, I mean, I've, I'm the oldest, so I've always been very involved in helping my folks do x y or z and a couple years ago my mom was absolutely she she went kind of off the cliff on i I don't know if i want to give you power of attorney and i'm looking at her i'm going what do you think i'm going to steal (laughs) (laughs) i mean i just address it head on right and she just kind of looked at me i go what do you think i'm gonna do yeah i go if you put it in paper or on paper you're giving people instructions of how you want things to happen or who gets what, or even if that's not the issue, it's what do you want to have happen? And, you know, my brother and I are basically co-executors, and so we're going to make these things happen. (laughs) But to all of a sudden say to me after, let's see, 65 years (laughs) almost, you don't trust me? Are you kidding? Right. But that's sometimes people just kind of lose it 
when they're going through this process. So the sooner you can have these conversations with your kids or with kids with their parents, the better off you're going to be. Yep. And that's just a really important piece of this puzzle. That will bring you security if you can make sure that all these things get handled. So have the conversations, be open about it, communicate so important. Something else you might hear when somebody comes into the office to meet with you, in fact, I'm, I almost guarantee you hear this quite frequently, Janine, somebody will drop the line, I want to be sure that I never run out of money. That's another form of financial security that probably everybody identifies with. Yeah, and it's really interesting that a lot of people don't actually say it that way, but that's what their fear is. And, you know, I always joke, if you tell me how long you're going to live, I think we can develop a plan where you're not going to run out of money. But that always comes back to what is your expectation for lifestyle going forward? And then how many other things are going to factor into that equation? And it's sitting down and mapping some of that out. And that's all it is, is a plan from which to deviate because any kind of a life event can occur that will completely screw that plan up. But it is getting people to understand what is realistic to assume, you know, for a plan so that you don't run out of money. Such a big thing. And I know that we could spend a lot of time on that one, but I think we get we all get that idea. We want to make mm -hmm. sure you don't run out of money. Some we talk about basically every week here on the show is how not to do that. But it's one element of financial security for some people. And some say, oh, well, that's the basis. Yeah, sure, that's security, but I've got other things I want to be secure on as well. For other folks, it works a little bit differently. Janine, you might have somebody come in and say, you know what, after I retire, well, I don't really want to be retired. I actually want to then take on a part-time job or work on my passion. I want to do something because I want to, not because I have to. And I encourage that a lot because if you retire at 60 or 62, statistically you might live to 92, you're 30 years. The last thing you want to do is sit on the couch and watch TV, most likely. So working out something that is acceptable for you to do that you'd be interested in or if you have some passion to do that because it's funny how many, when you look at business owners, uh, you know, business owners that sell a business and then they retire, quote unquote, and in four years they're, they're making themselves crazy so they go back and they go back into business and they're back in for a number of years and then they sell and it's like this cycle. People do that too unless you can stay engaged in something and it doesn't have to necessarily be work but like you've quoted, most people would like to work because they want to work or want to volunteer or because they want to be engaged versus having to work because you didn't save properly or you know something came up that messed up your entire plan or you're taking care of somebody you hadn't planned to take care of. I mean, a lot of things can factor into that, but generally I encourage people to be active with some type of activity. Absolutely. Got to have that plan. You may have heard it referred to before as not retiring from something, but retiring to something else. If you can do that, if you can have that in your plan, it's a great thing and a good right. step in the right direction for a full financial plan. Uh, not everybody's focused on, you know, returns and seeing some of these, you know, bigger picture things. Some it's very basic. Some it's maybe a cash flow issue. You might have somebody come in, Janine, and say, you know what, if I need a knee replacement or a new transmission for the car, I don't want that to prevent me from spoiling my grandkids at Christmas. Who's that usually concerning? Well, that is really an indication or a, I guess proof positive that things are connected. So you look at what, you know, health events, what is that going to cost? 
And do I have enough of a cash cushion to support that? What is my health insurance? What, you know, if you go into Medicare, what's plan B going to cover or plan whatever, you know, the advantage plan, what is this all going to cover? And then what's your out of pocket cost? If this happens, do you have enough in portfolio money or cash monies to have that Christmas that you want for your grandkids? And sometimes you just need to sit down and do the numbers and, you know, play what if and worst case scenario, you know, a new transmission that just happened to my brother in Montana. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> driving a truck Ugh. with a, a camper on the top and he's, he's probably got 260,000 miles on this truck and I, I'm like well that was great you came to Montana <laughs> oh my gosh but, you know he couldn't have thrown the transmission any better place and I just called him this afternoon it's going to be fine but that was a cost they really hadn't planned yeah. and so yeah I think these unexpected costs you know you want to make sure that you've got some cash cushion, whatever that is, to handle those so that you don't compromise other assets. That's a great point. And we should know by this point in life, I mean, I'm in my 30s and I know that already. And so I know somebody in their 50s and 60s knows that no matter how much you plan, there's going to be unexpected expenses that pop up in life. So (laughs) you want to have a plan that's flexible enough to deal with those things. And that should Mm -hmm. bring you financial security to be able to handle the ups and downs of life, especially from that financial standpoint. Last but not least, you might have somebody that comes in, Janine, and say something along the lines of, well, you know what I really just want? I don't want to, I want to stop watching my accounts jump up and down every single day. They're kind of tired of that roller coaster ride. Well, and that's kind of a, that's an interesting comment or point, because if you're watching things jump up and down, then I have to ask you, well, how are you allocated? Because financial security comes from understanding what your portfolio is supposed to do, what your expectation for uh, return is, and what is the risk that you've taken. So once I usually walk people through, okay, this is how this works. Here's how you put it together. Here's your, here's the expected, you know, standard deviation, which is really the roller coaster. How, how, you know, do you want to be on the anaconda? Are you okay on the kitty roller coaster? Most people do not know that. But when I put it in those terms, then they get, oh, this is the risk. Okay, so now let's talk about all the risks. And if I can mitigate those risks, then we can prevent, well, we can't really prevent, uh, nobody can. Then we can mitigate, let's say, your account going up, down, up, down, so violently, if you will. And we can kind of smooth it out a little more. In fact, I just had someone in today that talked about this. He said, you know what, I don't need to take, I don't need to get the last drop of juice at the top. I said, totally fine then we need to, you know, smooth out the path a little bit because, you know, for him, he's retired early and we want to make this last, you know, as long as possible without the severe ups and downs. So, you know, the sleep quotient is important. Yeah, that's a really, I like that sleep quotient. That's fantastic. And that's just kind of a good bow on this conversation, right? Another example of security to somebody means something different than than maybe the next person. You're okay with the ups and downs, so that doesn't bring you any security to solve that problem. Whereas somebody else may say, I don't care about the financials of it. It still gives me heart palpitations watching the accounts jump all over the place. Well, for you, Janine, depending on people's answers to these questions and the things that concern them, that then impacts how you put the plan together, right? Absolutely. If someone is that easily upset by market gyrations. We can mitigate that somewhat. If you still can't handle that and, and you know, it just doesn't compute what 
what's supposed to be happening in the market. Then we have to talk about other strategies because there are some other strategies out there. They're just not going to give you the superior return of the market. But if you don't care and we can build a plan around that, then that's what we'll do. Great point, Janine. And if you've got questions like what we've talked about on today's show, you know the drill. Give Janine a call if you've got those questions at 443-718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. If you haven't picked up your Retirement Rescue Toolkit yet, be sure to do so. This is a toolkit that Janine has put together, packed with a book, an audio CD, some DVDs and reports and other goodies in it that help teach you some of the basics of retirement and financial planning and get you started on that path of putting together a solid financial future. You can get the Retirement Rescue Toolkit by going to TheusWealthAdvisors.com, and you can certainly uh, check the description of today's show for links for how to get that in your hands. That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com. Get in touch that way. Janine, thanks for the help on today's show. Had a lot of fun, and welcome back from Montana, and we'll look forward to another good show with you next time. Thanks so much, Walter. It was great talking with you. Talk to you soon. Great chat with you, too. For Janine Theus, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Your Financial Mission. Your Financial Mission.